2: This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner,
0: presented by Bet Rivers.
1: It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It's Holden Veasan, and I hope everybody's having a tremendous, tremendous day, because the Avalanche could be going up three nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. They absolutely spanked Tampa Bay seven nothing. Now it's interesting because my family or my parents moved to Florida a couple years ago to enjoy the sun, retire, and have a wonderful time here, and. I'm just a few hours away from Tampa, and I must say that it's looking pretty good for me to get in. You know, the get-in price back home is, what, 750 dollars to get into those games? Here in Tampa, the get-in price is $200. And I'm seeing tickets in the lower bowl, like seven or eight rows off of the glass, going for $425. Uh, So it's not chump change, I know that, but look at this. You could get in. I, the, the flight to Tampa is going to cost you five times more than the tickets are going to cost you. So it went tonight. I mean, why would you not? If you've got the, the ways and the means, why would you not at least consider coming out here? Because those tickets will probably go down. You know, Tampa fans are going to want to sell. They're going to be down 3 nothing. So think about that for a minute. There's some good opportunities down here uh, in Florida and over there. In Tampa, I'll be back in Denver next week. we got to get heavy, heavy, heavy into the Broncos. So get ready for that. We'll talk about all the bets that are coming up. Because what do we have? July coming up. The full month of July is going to be focused on football. But here we go. Let's get to the lines on Bet Rivers for game number three tonight. You know, the Avs on the puck line to win by two or more goals, plus 225. I mean, everybody's taking Tampa tonight. Everybody that I know. Uh, but the Avalanche are minus 108, Lightning minus 107. Slight, slight, slight favorites for the Avalanche. And then the totals just sitting here at six. And these games that we've seen so far have gone to the over. Uh, seven goals, seven goals again. So over six is plus 102, under six is minus 121. I wonder if people really believe that Vasilevsky is just going to come out and pitch a shutout tonight after just a debacle. Uh, that he had in that game number two so here we go Uh, how do you not take how do you not take the avalanche tonight Uh, I I think it's easy if you think Tampa Bay goes home they've won seven straight at home but the abs are seven and oh on the road hmm very interesting so what do we want to do here I'm going to break it down with Mark Springer uh, our abs insider in just a couple of minutes I do want to bring up the cons uh, Cons trophy updates that would be for the MVP here of the playoffs, Kale McCarr just continues to impress. A shorthanded goal, a power play goal. He's minus 195 to win the Con Smythe. I don't bet that type of juice, but it seems like it's a fait accompli. The only way I think he doesn't win it is if Vasilevsky stands on his head and the Lightning win this series. I don't see that happening. Uh, McKinnon's plus 325. Miko Rantman plus eight, 50 and those are the odds right now on bet rivers for the con Smythe trophy getting into a couple other things here with the scene shifting to florida again tampa bay has won seven straight at home have seven and zero on the road and in the playoffs i mean this is you talk about a run here the abs are 14 and 2 and i remember all the talk coming into this series what was the talk well uh, the avalanche haven't faced anybody avalanche haven't faced well guess what now they took on the lightning and they're somebody, right? And they have completely dominated uh, the Lightning, at least in game number two. And they still got the one in game. Uh, they got the win in game one. The Lightning are 12 and seven in the playoffs so far. Great line in the Tampa Bay Times today, by the way. It's easy. All you got to do is go on the internet, check it out. But it, they go, how does a team go from winning 10 of 12 and shutting down two of the highest scoring franchise in the NHL to looking like it's unfamiliar with the advanced analytical concept known as offense or defense i mean that is just a great line here that's how frustrated and stymied the fans and the media are in tampa and we should be happy about that because they're rattled and i wonder if any of the players on the avalanche side are rattled i'll tell you this much the avs get out to a hot start tonight the avs are going to rattle the lightning because the lightning lose this game they're already done i think this series by the way 95 percent of the time, that the Avalanche would be up 2 nothing on the Lightning, I would say they'd win this series. I, I think it's that heavy of an odd. And I think you can get the Avs at minus 670 to win the series again. That, that's just juice. That's silly. Long-term, you're not going to win those. Um, but it, Tampa Bay is just trying to find excuses for being down 2 nothing in the series. You know, they're blaming altitude. Give me a break. It, it, then they blame what? There was, uh, they, they said, well, we were, we were here in, in Denver and we only played one game in five days and almost a week. It's like, you know, you know what? You got rest. Stop it already. The avalanche didn't play for nine days, came out and beat your butts. Okay. So they're just trying to find excuses at this point. It's silly. Um, oh, oh, and the other one was too many playoff games in the last three seasons. So they've played 65 playoff games in the last 22 months. It's funny, you really didn't see any of this or hear any of this after they took out the Rangers. What a joke. It's, it's, it's simple as this. The Abs have been much better, and they have kicked the collective asses of the Lightning. They've outscored the Lightning 11-3. They've outshot the Lightning 68-39. They're also 3-8 for eight on the power play and 5-5 five for five on the PK. Um, Mark Messier had a great line after game two. And this is a guy that was on that Edmund, those Edmonton teams that were some of the most dominant in the history of the game. He goes, that was the most dominant, best team game performance I've ever seen in my life, ever. Wow. And he was on some teams that won blowout games in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, let's talk Darcy Kemper for a second. He has been a big discussion point here in the playoffs. He threw a shutout, but... He only faced 16 shots, and I think that that's great. You know, at, the, at this point, that just shows you how awesome that this defense is for the Avalanche. They've shut everything down. 16 shots. He saved all of them. That's the second fewest shots faced in a Stanley Cup shutout since 1955-56. These guys, the Avalanche, are just doing things that we haven't seen in decades and decades and decades. Now, Kemper hasn't been great. I mean, he's been okay. Five on five, he's got an 875 save percentage and 0.16 goals saved above average. That's better than Vasilevsky, though. It's 875 save percentage to Vasilevsky's 865 and uh, minus 0.6 for Vasilevsky. We'll get into more of that, but right now, I hope he understands that uh, he's going to be coming on the show live right now. Mark Springer, Mark... um, Good morning, my friend. I'm actually doing this show, so it's wonderful to see you. I told everybody that it costs $215 to get in at the Tampa game tonight. $215, Springer. I'm thinking about making the three-and-a-half-hour drive down there with my kids. I'm not, I'm not even kidding, because I'm, I'm visiting my parents in northern Florida, where they just moved out here. 215 to get in the door, man. You could afford
0: that. Yeah, that's not that bad. It was like minimum five hundred to get into Ball Arena here in Denver. So yeah, what what's going on in Tampa? Yikes! I didn't see even
1: that much. I thought I saw like seven hundred, the cheapest ticket. So if you saw yeah. a cheaper one, I wish you would have told me. I might have gotten to, to game number one. But yeah, I I don't. The series isn't over. Like Tampa Bay is going home. But how are you feeling, man? Seven nothing. The post game show must have been a blast the other night.
0: That was surreal to watch. Um, But it was one of those things where, okay, I've watched this team a ton, right? And I know they can play that way. I know they can play that way against a team even like Tampa, against a team like Florida, Toronto. You know, the better teams really are or were in the Eastern Conference this year. But to actually see it with our own two eyes, to see it come to fruition was surreal to watch. I mean, that was one of the most dominating performances – not of just this season, but of the past several seasons ever. across the NHL. I mean, hold in your mouth, ever. You might be right. I mean, that was one of the all-time performances. Put that up against the, the Gretzky Oilers, those Islanders teams, uh, you know, those old-school Canadians teams. I mean, that was just insane what the Avs were able to do on Saturday night.
1: Well, Mark Messier, who was on that, those Edmonton teams, that one blowout game, said that was the most impressive performance, dominant performance he's ever seen. And I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there. I'm on a plane watching the game, right? I'm I'm doing this. I got to redo this plane. The kids are like, no, you got to go. So I get on the plane. Thank God it was a three and a half hour flight because I got a chance to watch literally the whole game there. I turned it off after six, nothing. So I'll be perfectly honest with you. But how about Cale McCarr, dude? Has he not already wrapped up the Norris? He's minus 195. I think unless Tampa Bay comes back and win this series, he's there. Like he's won this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you mean Conn Smythe? Uh, Conn Smythe. What did I say? Yeah. You said Norris, which. All right.
1: That's defenseman. I mean, he's. I, win well, that, hey, so. I
0: wish that you could vote based on playoff games, and yeah. this would, uh, you know, uh, peace out, Roman Yossi. You know, you're not winning that thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think he has. So, the, I mean, that, look, yeah, minus 190, minus 180, somewhere in that area. That's. It's got to be over. I know that there are some people who took long shots on Valerie Nichushkin at like plus 10,000 or, or more before Saturday night's game to win Consumite. Now he's moved up to like plus 2,000. It's not dead. Uh but yeah it's going to be really tough for Kale not to win this thing and they're going to want to give it to a star. They're going to lean giving it to a star and it seems like it's going to be Kale. I mean how about Kale you you scored goals 6 and 7 of that game now. Goal 6 was a short-handed goal and he saves a goal before that. So I mean look that's just awesome two-way play uh, and then he scores a power play goal on the left wing mind you not at the point as a defenseman but in the left wing spot. Uh, but they're pointless garbage time goals. Those goals didn't matter at all. So Kale McCarr is padding his stats. Kale McCarr wants the con smite because he's scoring meaningless goals. But yeah, I do like that bet. I mean, it seems like Kale's going to win that thing.
1: Yeah, there's no question. So you've got that going on. And let's talk about tonight's lines. Uh, we finally get the Avalanche close to even money at minus 108. Everybody in the world is taking Tampa Bay, which I kind of like. Uh, perfect, we, actually we still think this i still think this series is not over yet people are acting like it's over but you see the dominance you go back they'll say oh the rangers series they were down two nothing they looked horrible this is not the rangers they're facing they're they're facing and they're not facing a great goalie but they're facing a great team how do we want to attack this tonight because i'm leaning heavily toward the avalanche
0: yeah, I am as well. And, you know, I mean, I've said here, I've said on my show, I've said on our station that, look, I think this series is going at least six and I don't fault myself for thinking that. And, and you know, part of that is I, I want to give credit to Tampa. This is a strong team. I mean, to, to come back and beat uh, the, the Leafs where I was really impressed with Toronto in that first series and a win on the road in Toronto in seven, I have to respect that. I have to respect the fact that they swept the President's Trophy-winning Panthers and damn near shut them out that entire series. Uh, And then for them to win four straight against New York, who you're right, New York isn't Colorado, but it's still a strong team. And for them to win four in a row, okay, like, where is that Tampa team? Are they going to show up? Uh, Or uh, has Tampa just kind of been, you know, getting a little lucky playing Dallas and Montreal in, in the last two cup finals? So, I, I, look, I even though I, I said I like the ABS in seven, that's been my pick, now I'm looking at this series kind of like I did the back half of the NBA Finals. And I know that I had also said, look, maybe this series mirrors the NBA Finals where Golden State steals one on the road, then Boston – or first Boston steals one on the road, then Golden State steals one on the road. Well, so far it's not playing out like that. But in the back half of that NBA Finals, I could not – bet against Steph Curry. I could not bet against the Warriors. I, I bet on them to go into Boston and win. I was just not going to relent. I was going to stick with Steph Curry and the Warriors, the better team, the more talented team. That's what I'm going to do here tonight, especially if it's a pick 'em on both sides. I mean, if you're essentially telling me that the Avs are road favorites, because if it's a pick and the Avs are on the road, to me, the, the Avs are road favorites. I'm going to take the Avs. I'm just not going to relent. Maybe it's a closer game. Maybe it's a tighter game, but I, I cannot back off at this point. I'm going to screw my abs in seven, and I'm just going to go on the abs. I'm going to go with my what my eyes just told me, and certainly what the line is telling me.
1: I'm just going to back off bigger bets now because of the futures that we have. You got futures on them, right? I got think I plus 575, 325, 625, every everything, right? So we got uh-huh. the futures here. I'm going to back off on tonight's game, but – I will. Well, I can't because I'm Florida. So there's, there's ways. Anyways, I'll take the Abs. I, I love if when everybody's on one team, it just seems like it doesn't happen. And second of all, we're seeing a team that's just rolling and unstoppable. Now, with that being said, it's hockey, anything can happen, but the defense is what really stands out to me. The
0: dude, Kemper faced 16 shots. Yeah.
1: What, how does that happen? How do they okay. shut this offense down to 16 shots?
0: look Braden point doesn't look like himself Nope. down there on that third line coming back from his, his injuries. Um, They need to get him going. They need to get that third line going, dude. I I said, i like Nikita Kucherov over three and a half shots on goal. I guess if you're not going to win, you may as well not even come close. He didn't have a single shot on goal. Andre pull on that top line. Didn't have a single shot on goal. Steven Stamkos managed one on that top line. Good for you, bud. I mean, look, if you have, if you're the avs, and, you know, I'm sure they know the deal. And, and, you know, maybe they don't 100% have trust in Darcy Kemper. Well, how do you fix that? Well, let's just play some of the best defense of all time and keep Tampa out of our of our end. And that's exactly what they did. And, it, you know, I mean, Cale and Taves, I think it's finally being seen that it's not just offensively what they can do. It's defensively, all-around, two-way game-wise. That's the best pairing in the league. And, you know, Bowen Byram had a great day- game. He actually led the Avs in time on ice. But they have great two-way forwards like Valeri Nachushkin who gets two goals but can also play great defense. The Avs' third and fourth lines like Logan O'Connor and Darren Helm just flying everywhere. I mean, th- th- those third and fourth lines for the Avs outplayed every Tampa line. So, look, in addition to, yeah, I like the Abs tonight. But maybe tonight I will take a look at some long shots where I put, like, a lower number on some Avs' goal scores. Like I like Miko Rantanen anytime goal scorer tonight at plus 155. Miko had three assists in game one. Andre Burakovsky did not make the trip to Tampa. Mm-hmm. He got hurt early in that second period despite having a really good first period. But Miko had three assists in that game and I think Miko's actually flying under the radar here. Playing better much better certainly than he was early in the playoffs. He had a goal st- stolen from him in game one by Gabe Landeskog. Uh, that was going to be Miko's Gold and trickle in but Gabe decided to tip it in hey good on you I like Nico to score tonight also a couple long shots I like like just looking at guys in game two who I thought played really well but didn't get goals who I think are worthy of goals Logan O'Connor at plus 600 and Bowen Byram at plus 800 Bowen Byram especially he has not scored in these playoffs yet he's played awesome Bowen Byram is coming into his own I think He's due. I think he gets himself a Stanley Cup Finals goal. That's a bet that I wouldn't mind betting the rest of the way. Bowen Byron plus 800 anytime goal until he gets it done.
1: Why don't you just go back to your boy Lekkonen, who's plus 300 to have a power play point and minus 110 for an anytime point. I mean, he's up on the number one power play now.
0: Plus 300 for a power play point is tremendous value. Power play point. Because he's on the top power play unit. Yeah, no, Holden, that's a tremendous value play at plus 300.
1: That's the play right there. I think that's what it is. And you, you got me on Lekkonen, and now I'm looking at it. Oh, the guy's on the number one power play.
0: Come on. He didn't have a point in the last game. It's fine. And they had a million points. But that means, you know, usually if you don't get a point in one game, your odds of getting a point in the next game go up.
1: It doesn't. It, that would not shock me whatsoever. Yeah. All right. So, anything else you like in this game? Because I'm going to take the ABS. I'm going to take the Leckonen power play point and the Leckonen point. Anything else you want to look at? The total is six. Um, I think. Li- listen, they're going to they're going to be better defensively in a net tonight, right? Um, there's no way Vasilevsky gives up the seven goals. I, will, I haven't I will bet this, this total move, in the I series. I saw
0: this on Twitter just before I popped on, and this might be a big nothing, but I'll just mention it. Andre Vasilevsky wasn't on the ice for the main, and and, and according to whoever tweeted this from the Tampa side, like Tampa was having a full-on morning skate, like Mm -hmm. essentially a full practice, and Vasilevsky wasn't on the ice. Maybe that's just something that people are reading too much into, but interesting. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just gave up seven goals, so he's kind of pissed off. There was no breaking point there either. So no, no point and no Vasilevsky. I, my sense is they're resting these dudes. Just, you know, go, yeah. do you know, you, you, they just got hammered, man. And yeah. Vasilevsky, he's played 465 NHL games. He's given up seven goals in two games. <laughs> you know, and, and this was one of them. So this team's absolutely rolling. So I guess our best bets, let's throw some best bets out there. We'll go, I'm going to go with the abs. You're going to take the abs? Yep. I'm gonna jump on your your Lickenden bandwagon. I dug. I found him at plus three hundred on a power play point, minus one ten on a point. What are you? What's your bet tonight?
0: Miko um, plus one fifty five. You know he's the biggest superstar of the three players I mentioned, and he's playing really well. Like it, it, in back half of that Edmonton series, he got going. I know he had a bunch of assists early in the playoffs, but he wasn't playing his best. I could see it. He's playing a lot better now, and he didn't score in that seven goal game. I could see Miko scoring tonight. I, I think he's playing really well. And then, I, I, you know, my O'Connor and Byram, anytime goal scorers. I'll tell you what, man. Logan O'Connor, this is my thing with him. If you're drunk and you require glasses and you don't have them on, so you're squinting at your TV and you see this skater flying down the ice because Logan O'Connor wears number 25 and Nathan McKinnon wears number 29. So, again, if your vision's a little impaired, you might be like, is that Nathan McKinnon? No, 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 no. That's Logan O'Connor. I tell you what, man, sometimes he plays like McKinnon. Logan O'Connor is an underrated player. He scored a couple goals in this playoffs. We just saw Darren Helm get his second goal of the playoffs. Wouldn't shock me at all if OC gets a goal uh, and Bowen and Byram. So those are my three anytime goal scorer picks tonight that I do. I think one of them could hit.
1: Stop drinking, man. The, the squinting is from the drinking. That's That's what that's from, my friend. <laughs> We know the truth, though. Um, Braden points a game time decision, also. So that'll okay. be interesting. Vasilevsky's going to play, but the, the point thing, he hasn't been playing well. So it's as simple no. as that. I right, plug everything where they can catch you tonight for game three, and hopefully we'll be right on our bets and they'll be up 3 nothing, and you could party on the air.
0: Yeah, uh, tonight between the pipes, uh, we'll be on after game three out there in Tampa, but we'll be on here in Denver. I think we're going to be at Ball Arena. For the show, so if you're going to the watch party tonight at Ball Arena, stop by the escalators, the main escalators at the main entrance, and uh, come say hi.
1: Next on the show, you're going to learn how to baseball bet from one of the best bettors in baseball, Greg Peterson from Veasan. Joins me next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect BetRivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites, make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays. BetRivers online sportsbook. Download the BetRivers sportsbook app. Make your baseball same-game parlays today. In Colorado, you got to be 21. Got to be located in the state of Colorado, and if you have a gambling problem, please, please, please call 1-800-522-4700. That's 800-522-4700. Pleased to be joined by Greg Peterson, at GUnit, underscore 81. I don't know why he did that to his Twitter handle, but whatever. If you don't listen to the Greg Peterson experience, I don't know what you're doing. Tremendous stuff here. Betting the bracket. We had him on a lot during... ncaa tournament uh and he also does some really good work in major league baseball so let's do it mr peterson he's a dk live contributor too you can read some of his work there Hello, and thank you very much for joining me, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about how you bet baseball, because everybody's a little different, aren't they? Good morning, Mr. Peterson, and I know you haven't slept yet today, and it's Good the morning.
2: morning, Golden. Yep, it is 5 a.m. out here as we are doing this right now, and you're wondering about the Twitter handle? That's actually a nickname I got while I was in college for bowling. They used to call me the G-Unit. G Unit was taken, so I had to add on there the underscore mm. and then the 8 1. That is an ode to my favorite athlete, Anquan Bolton. Tough wide receiver back in the day.
1: Anquan? That's a, not a bad guy to, to be a fan of. He was, was just a, a man of the dude. year once
2: as well. A Very good guy.
1: Good guy. Big dude. Terrific wide receiver. All right, let's get into that. We're not talking football, though. We're going to talk some baseball today. Yeah. Because it's, it's summertime. We're about ready to go. People are looking for something to bet once the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup playoffs are over. So I think a nice little tutorial here of getting into baseball. So you wake up, let's just say it's today. You wake up this morning. Where do you start your baseball research, Greg? Where does it start?
2: I think the big thing is you do want to be taking a look at what's been happening the previous few days. See how our te- team is trending. Just because when it comes to baseball, these teams get really, really hot. And we see teams get... Really, really cold. Like, we wound up seeing it. The LA Dodgers wound up losing all three games of the home series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, that's one of those things in which, on paper, you take a look at it. It's like, that should never, ever happen. But, I mean, that's baseball right there. You wouldn't see a series between, we're going to throw out there, the Milwaukee Bucks, and let's pick out a really bad NBA team, the, the Houston Rockets. You typically yeah. don't see the Bucks wind up losing three straight to the Houston Rockets, but that's the uniqueness of baseball. You wind up getting a bloop and a blast. You could wind up having anything happen, but I think it's really important when you start baseball betting is look at the actual starter themselves because there are some bad teams that they have some really good pitchers, and then there are some really good teams that they've got some garbage pitchers as well. So, I mean, you've got your hots and your colds, and There's some times where you do wind up having some of these guys on lesser teams that you can really back and you can get into a rhythm like Martin Perez of the Texas Rangers, for example. He entered into June with like a sub-1-5 ERA and was a very trustworthy starter for you. Meanwhile, you've got teams like the Chicago White Sox that have been throwing out their guys like Vince Velasquez this year. So that is a very important place to start. And then on top of that as well, taking a look at just the night before, before you wake up, where the line is and if you're anticipating a little bit of movement or not because i'm sure that we both agree there's a lot of times in baseball where you could wind up having a team be say a minus 120 favorite just throw out there an arbitrary number slight favorite they wake up in the morning Now, all of a sudden, you're laying minus 140 on them. And though you're taking money lines in general, baseball is a little bit more of a long-term grind because there isn't the minus 110 on both sides with regards to the spread. Obviously, you're able to find that a little bit more with the totals, though. Typically, you'll find more like a minus 115, minus 120 juice, but not as volatile as money lines. But I think that those are big places to start when it comes to baseball handicapping.
1: Do you ever look and just say, all right, this team is in plus money. Do you ever just look down the teams that are dogs and try and figure out if there's one that you like there? I guess this leads into a bigger question. Like, how do you pick the games that you like? Do you cross a whole bunch off the list immediately? How do you pick the games that you like, Greg?
2: My biggest thing is I wind up posting up a spreadsheet every single day. You're able to find that at GUnit underscore 81. And it's got my handicap for every single game because it's one of those things that, like they always say in betting, you're not betting teams. You're betting numbers. Like going back to that Pirates versus Dodgers series. I wanted back in the Pirates all three games in that series because in game number one, they were getting $3. Game number two, they were back above plus 275. And game number three with Mitch White, who just should not be a minus 250 favorite. He was a 250 favorite for the Dodgers. So every single time the Pirates, so I didn't think that there was a 50-50 shot that they were going to win any of those games. They presented value every single step of the way. And same thing works for totals. Like I wind up doing it to every 10th of a run, which means that if these two teams were to play 10 times, like let's just take Phillies versus Mets, for instance, if I think that over the course of 10 games, they would score a combined 90 runs you divide that by 10 my total on that game would be nine if it would be 88 runs over 10 games you wind up placing it at an 8.8 and that makes it very easy with regards to taking a look at totals if you've got an eight and a half or less obviously you want favorable juice you don't want to be laying like some mondo minus 125 minus 130 or anything like that but say that the total like i said i handicap it at an 8.8 if it's at an eight eight and a half even lower at a seven and a half. You see value on the over if it gets up to like a nine nine and a half insert your number here that's where i find value to the under and i do think that this is very important to do i wind up doing my numbers before i wind up seeing any openers come out now there's going to be volatility because as we know starting pitchers they do wind up varying and you always want to be making a little bit of a note when it comes to a starting pitcher sometimes if it's like a change of an opener with the tampa bay rays it's not going to make too much of a difference meanwhile the difference between we're going to throw out there a guy that's been injured for pretty much the entirety of the season. Jacob deGrom, you wind up going from Jacob deGrom to Trevor Williams. Yeah, you should be really shading your numbers down with Jacob deGrom. Why is up getting scratched? So I think that that's very important as well. Have a handicap number in mind before you wind up taking a look at the board and start firing.
1: Okay, so Greg Peterson, again, he's got the Baseball Betting Show podcast. That's all well and good. How the hell do you come up with these numbers, though? That's the question. Is there an algorithm you have? Do you just do it from – you're just different, too. Let me bring this up. There's two guys in baseball that I know that don't sleep and that just come up with their own lines every day. It's you and my buddy Ryan Spader, the ace of Spader on Twitter, one of the most brilliant guys. You guys remind me of each other coming up with this stuff. I'm not nearly as quick as you are coming up with these numbers. How do you come up with your spreadsheet?
2: It's not necessarily an algorithm. It's a little bit of a by-feel situation because I believe that every single game is its own living, breathing entity. A lot of it has to go with bullpen use because I do the full game. Now, I'm not as much of a first-five guy. I do wind up doing full-game spreads and full-game betting with regards to totals and everything like that. So when I take a look at it, I want to take a look, okay, who wanted getting used up in the bullpen? Like, we're going to throw out there the most obvious example of bullpen usage, the Milwaukee birds. If Josh Hater along Devin Williams have been used each other the last few days, got to figure that they're not going to be available. That winds up downgrading the Brewers a little bit. So even though you might like, insert Corbin Burns here, not having that bullpen production, that does wind up hurting them a little bit more. You want to be taking a look at the travel spot as well. There are some teams that they honestly play nearly as well on the road as they do at home. And you're out there doing the Denver City Cast As you know, the Colorado Rockies, Probably the most volatile team when it comes to home and road splits. That game number one in which you wind up having teams travel to Colorado. They have to get used to elevation. I wind up giving them a little bit more credence when it comes to their home field advantage. I also shade them down more when they hit the road because they have to travel from elevation and they have to get used to that as well. So little bit of a double-edged sword there. But you also do want to be taking a look at the weather. Most demonstrative part of this is Wrigley Field. Now, when you get to a dome stadium like the Trop out there in Tampa Bay, obviously, your work's very easy there. It's a drop in Tampa Bay. The roof is closed. So you don't need to do anything about it. But you always want to be taking a look at that. Is it nice, humid, where it's going to be good for hitting conditions? Is it going to be, like... 20 mile per hour winds blowing in. So those are always factors as well. And every one of these ballparks is a little bit different. There are many bit different places where you're able to find ballpark factors. Even like ESPN, Fangraphs, there are a few others out there that do a solid job of will be able to do that. But I wind up placing that into account. Sometimes I'll take into account just matchup data as well between teams and players you want to have a little bit more of a sample size you don't want to be like oh player x wound up starting against this team once went six innings gave up three runs that's a small sample size you really can't take much of that and plus it's not necessarily demonstratively good it's not necessarily demonstratively bad but like once again we'll go back to the example of we'll throw out there max scherzer this time who's been out there in the nle's for darn near his entire career him going up against the New York Mets you've got a very good sample size there you're able to attribute that but it's a lot of different things taking a look at how pitchers have been performing recently sort of their track record in general and taking a look at the lineups as well if there's any history with regards to facing off against that team facing off against that pitcher scheduling spot as well is a team hot is a team cold so obviously I wound up throwing out there a lot of variables but you do want to be taking into account as many things as humanly possible when it comes to your handicap. And when I feel satisfied with my research and when I feel like I've tried to cover as many bases as humanly possible, that's when I come up with my numbers.
1: Okay, so here's my recommendation to those of you that don't bet baseball are looking at to get into it. Don't go all in on everything that Greg Peterson tells you. <laughs> I and I'm serious. I think you just you start finding your own process after a while. It's okay to tail other people as long as you're doing research. I think blind tailing people is probably not the greatest idea. Okay, you should always do your own research. But again, we're listening. There's so many different factors that go into baseball, and I I can isolate this here: BVP, uh, batter versus pitcher. I mean, it's it's a big debate in the betting industry, right? Some guys go, you know what? This guy's 10 for 20 with two home runs. I'm going to run with that today. He's going to have a big day. Um, and this is more player prop stuff, and I don't know how deep you get into that. But how do you handle batter versus pitcher? And you'll hear it, BVP.
2: I do think that you need enough of a sample size to really be able to utilize it. Because if it's like, oh, batter X is 0 for 2 career against this pitcher, well, whoop-dee-cick you do! It's it's two at bats. I mean, come on, we need a little bit more of a sample size there. Your example of a guy going ten of twenty, and I mean, good example. G-Man Choi of the Tampa Bay Rays. He is pretty much the daddy of Garrett Cole every single time. That Garrett I use. Cole, Yep, exactly. Because I mean, G-Man Choi has went deep off of him north of five times. He's hit like a career five hundred off of him. Absolutely, do wind up taking that into account. If you see a player prop out there that you do like, you're able to get good plus money on it. Absolutely take a look at that. If it be G-Man Choi, one for three in his career against Garrett Cole, eh, you probably want a little bit more information. You want to see a little bit more of something demonstrative. So I think that you need at minimum, I would say 12 at-bats because that typically takes into account a pitcher going through a line of three times. So you'll typically have like four games worth of data. Now you're able to get a little bit more of something concrete. But I do think it's something that you should utilize. Once again, you want more than just like one game of a sample size.
1: Yeah, and, I, and this is what I hear from the BVP haters. Well, you, the sample size is just too small. Would we make a decision on a guy if he had 50 at-bats? No. But I think for me, that is almost more of a feel thing. I can't come up with a number in my mind. You just brought up the best example in G-Man Choi, right? But we talk about these big samples in baseball. It's almost like we break our rules when it comes to BVP because there are much smaller samples, Greg.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking at a small sample size, the no-run first inning, yes-run first setting. I am someone that I personally do not do it. There are some people that they absolutely love it. And there are some people that they do a tremendous job of it. But when it comes to the first ending of a game, you've got so much variance for it. And what I always say is that, It's toughest to wind up going through the order the first time up because you're going after the one, two, three, if you wind up going further, the four and five guys, and those are the toughest guys to get out. It's not like they're putting up their, like, Yu Chang, for example, as the two spot or something like that, being like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, hopefully he winds up getting it. No, if you're going up against the Yankees, you're going up against Aaron Judge, you're going up against all those big boppers, guys like that, so... When it comes to a small sample size, I wind up staying away from something like that. But I do think that it is very important to take a look at sample size and sort of find what winds up working for you. Once again, I will never take anything from just one game itself. Like I said, with regards to, like, pitcher versus batter, I think 12 at-bats you're able to get a good feel for it. But everyone's a little bit different with that regard.
1: I think one of the more interesting things you said is that you're not betting on teams, you're betting on numbers. How do you apply that to totals if you want to bet totals?
2: It's what like I was mentioning a little bit before. I wind up pretty much simulating the game 10 times, okay. figuring, okay, if you wind up having, like, the Nationals against the, we'll throw out there the Cincinnati Reds, for example. If you think over a 10-game sample, there's going to be 93 runs scored between the two teams. You would put your total at a 9.3, which means a 9.5 or less at accept, or 9.5 or more at acceptable juice. You take a look at an under, a 9 or less, because that winds falling below that threshold of a 9.3. You're taking a look at the over. So that's the way that I wind up doing it just sort of figuring you wind up having a 10-game sample size. And obviously when it comes to baseball with totals, they're very volatile because very rarely in my experience will you find a total of seven wind up landing like four to three, five to two. It's typically like three to two, or you wind up getting some harebrained like 11 to seven style game, but that's why I wind up doing it. You pretty much try to play it out sort of like 10 times, which is why I always try to take a look at things on a little bit more of a per inning basis, rather than a little bit more of a per game basis, because sometimes you wind up getting those random extra inning games as well. But that's why that I do want to take a look at it.
1: Okay. So the next thing to get to would be um, handling the spread. And how you bet this because there are people out there that will bet minus 185s continuously and i'm like you're not that's not a long-term strategy my friend you're not going to hit you know 19 in a row to pay that off at that price but some people do like betting that and mixing it in how do you handle the spread and what is your threshold for me it's between 130 and 135
2: for me, I mean, it all depends upon the situation. Like, there are some guys I will go north of minus 140 on. Someone like a Corbin Burns, for example, because typically Corbin Burns' games are going to be relatively low scoring. If you wind up playing that run and have, you find yourself in a very precarious situation in that the Brewers are an offense that they've been a little bit better thus far this season, but I attribute a lot of that to just the fact that they wound up playing a very weak schedule in the first two months of the season. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of regression with regards to that Brewer's offense. But, I mean, there are certain guys that you can feel very comfortable with. And typically, when you are laying a little bit of a bigger number, you probably want to be taking a bit of a better pitcher that you think they're going to be in a low-scoring game. Like, some of these guys on the Miami Marlins, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, they don't wind up getting a lot of offensive production. They're in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. But you think that they're going to win the game, you wind up going for it. A lot of times, though, like, for instance, once again, Coors Field, where the place is notorious for giving up runs, especially during the summertime when you wind up getting totals north of 10. It's much easier to be able to win by multiple runs. That's when instead of like laying a minus 160 on that favorite, I'm going to reduce the juice. I'm going to wind up taking a look at that run line. For me, typically, it's right around... About a minus 140, minus 145-ish, unless if I wind up getting one of those trustworthy guys like a Corbin Burns when he winds up returning for the Mets, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, you've got your ace pitchers in which you feel a little bit better on. You don't want to be laying like a minus 175 with Dylan Bundy, for example, though. So I think that a lot of it has to do with ace pitchers. Non-ace pitchers right around minus 140 to minus 145 willing to go upwards when it comes to low-scoring teams that have a very, very good pitcher on there.
1: Okay, next one to get to would be um, lineups. So Sunday lineups are a lot different than the rest. Yeah. Afternoon lineups, a lot of guys are sitting out. So we always love getting the the right number, Greg, I'm, and I'm with you. Sundays, I don't know if I can get the best number because I think it's more important to know who's actually playing. How do you handle
2: that, waiting on lineups? Do you even bother with it? I do a little bit, and I do think that there are certain teams like – The LA Angels and Mike Trout, that is very, very important. You want to make sure that Mike Trout is in the lineup. But I've made a little bit less of it in recent years because what you'll often find with these lineups is that maybe a guy winds up getting the day off from the starting lineup. But then they wind up pinch hitting when it really matters as well. And they get a little bit more of a favorable matchup when they do wind up pinch hitting. So if you know that a guy is not on the injured list, because you always want to be checking the injured list. Because if a guy is on the injured list, well, you just cross him off. You're not going to be getting that pinch hitting opportunity. You're not going to be getting any opportunity whatsoever. So you always want to be making sure that it's not an injured list situation. But if a guy is not, in, not on the injured list, it's reported part of that Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, insert your star player here. They are going to be rested. You wind up shitting down your number a little bit, but you try to account for maybe this guy winds up getting a big at-bat in a clutch spot. So the Dodgers are in a 3-3 to game. It's the bottom of the eighth inning. They're at home. Rather than having insert your nine-hole hitter here, they're going to insert Mookie Betts in there. They're going to have him play the field for an inning. So they're pretty much giving him a half day. That, I wind up shading down my numbers a little bit. But other than really like your Mike Trouts, like your Mookie bets, I don't wind up doing too much with regards to the lineup itself. And the big reason why is because unlike in like the NBA, where you have to try to replace like 30 points per game with someone like Giannis or something like that, In baseball, you know that these guys, for the most part, they're probably going to wind up getting four at-bats. And what I laid out as well, if he does wind up getting a pinch hitting spot, that could be more like two to three at-bats. So there's a little bit of a cap as to how much damage someone can wind up doing in the lineup. Obviously, you do want to wind up throwing in there a little bit with regards to fielding as well for someone that winds up playing the field very well. But I do think that when it comes to having funky lineups, you're able to make maybe not as much of a deal out of it When it comes to, say, baseball, as you would a especially starting quarterback being out in the NFL, star player in the NBA being out just because their production is a little bit more capped than other sports.
1: What about volume? Do you bet a lot of games in baseball? I know it's going to be a day-to-day thing, but what do you think about volume?
2: Oh, I am very much a volume guy just because with regards to sports that you do want to be having quite a bit of volume in, it is baseball because... I mean, there are just going to be some weeks that they're going to be tremendous. There are some weeks that are going to be awful. And the way that I sort of gauge baseball as well is it's a little bit more like poker in that you always want to be getting your chips into the middle with regards to the best of it. And sometimes you're just not going to wind up getting it because baseball is a very funky sport. You wind up getting that ideal situation and. Guy is just in a funk funk, and he winds up striking out with the bases loaded. You're going to have that from time to time. So I do think the volume is very important because the more volume you do wind up having, it winds up taking the very, very fortunate breaks and the very, very bad beats out of it. So if there is one sport to take a look at it, it is baseball. Then again, you don't want to be forcing it as well. If you're someone that you really hone in on one part of the country, you're out there in Ohio, you do a great job of, taking a look at the Cincinnati Reds, the teams out there in the Midwest, but you really don't pay attention to those West Coast games because you're just not awake for them. Don't feel like you need to force up a play on the LA Angels and the LA Dodgers or something like that. Just wind up sticking to what you know. I do think, though, that when it comes to a sport itself, volume is a little bit better in baseball just because there is a lot of variance, and you want to try to get the most truest of true Samples out there because it feels like in baseball in general, things can wind up going hot and cold at the drop of a hat.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just some other things I'll throw out there and some final thoughts from you then. Um, I don't do parlays. I mean, if I'm going to do a single game parlay, it's going to be on a free bet. Okay. Um, So I'm not going to do that many parlays either. You have to go and look around for the best line. I know this is the Bet Rivers. This is Denver City Cats presented by Bet Rivers, but they'll tell you the same thing. You know, Bet Rivers puts out their best odds. So maybe you're going to land on Bet Rivers. Shop around. Those are the two big things that I've got for you. Any couple of thoughts? in umpires. Let me bring that up too. So umpires, don't do parlays, etc. What's your thoughts here finally on, uh, on betting?
2: Yep, I'm right there with you. I do not wind up doing any parlays whatsoever. And like you'd wind up saying, with regards to being able to get the best of sign up for as many books as you can with regards to being able to get the app For one, if you're outside the state of Nevada, a lot of these places, they do wind up offering some specials in which you're able to get like a little bit of a risk-free bet, something like that. You always want to be able to try to maximize those offers when they do wind up coming about you because, I mean, you might as well. If it's out there, you might as well be able to take advantage of it. And you just never know when a certain book is going to have a little bit of a better line. There are just some books that Maybe you're going to like a little bit more because they seem to favor the underdogs. There are other books in which things are a little bit tighter with regards to the underdogs. You just never, ever know because like all books wind up having different customers and thus they're gonna have different liabilities as well. So say that you wind up having a threshold of minus 140, there could be one book that's offering like a minus 145 on that favorite, but there could be another book that's offering that minus 135, which it's towards the top of it, but it's within that threshold for you. You just wanna give yourself as many options as humanly possible. So I'm right there with you.
1: Well, that's the whole thing. Even if you, let's say your unit is $10, so you're still long-term if you're betting all season long, 140 and minus 135. There's a, there's going to be a big difference there over the course of the
2: season. Oh, I'm right there with you. And that's what it's all about with regards to baseball. This is not a get-rich-quick thing. This is not a 100-meter dash. This is a marathon. You're grinding it out day in and day out. These, two te- these teams, they play 162 games apiece. It is when it's all said and done with regards handicapping baseball over 200 days from regular season to postseason. So you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. It's all about what you wind up doing in the middle, to use a Josh Towers term. He's over there at the Vegas Ads and Information Network. He always says with regards to starting pitchers, there's going to be five starts every year in which you have your best stuff. There's five starts every year in which you have your worst stuff. What really defines you is those starts in between, and I think the same thing really applies with regards to handicapping. Obviously, you're probably going to have a few more days in general in there, but you're going to have some very good days. You're going to have some bad days. It's how you wind up grinding through the rest of them that really defines how you wind up profiting or not profiting during a season.
1: Uh, Lastly, you and my kids share a a passion. I have little (laughs) minions all over my my place here. I'm not even kidding. They go, hee, 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 and all that stuff. Rise of Gru is a movie. I know this is a baseball breakdown, but you talk about Greg Peterson. You can't talk about Greg Peterson without the minions. I mean, how pumped are you for Rise of Gru, my friend?
2: I'm very pumped for it, and so is my little friend right here. I've got the minion's little Fitbit on as well, so I am very excited for it. Hopefully, we wind up getting to find out a little bit more about King Bob, who we wound up seeing in the Minions movie. That was absolutely tremendous. If we could get another fire scene like we wound up seeing in Minions 2, I'd be very excited. But this is one that has been put off for two years due to the pandemic, so there is a lot of jubilation for myself. I think that it's going to be absolutely tremendous. If you take a look at the list of folks that are going to be in this movie, it is star-studded. I mean, the list goes on and on, so... I am excited. July 1st, me and my friend over here, we're going to be there.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. My uh, four and seven-year-olds, hey, what do you think of the Minions? Cool. Greg Peterson, what do you think of the Minions? Five-minute dissertation. Absolutely <laughs> love it. It's, it's amazing what happens as you get older and you can express yourself. Greg, plug everything you're doing. Thank you so much for giving us uh, a little background on how to bet baseball
2: absolutely more than happy to and you're able to follow everything that i do at gunit underscore d1 and as I explained, with regards to handicapping every baseball game every single day, you're able to find that spreadsheet up there. On top of that, I wind up doing the Greg Peterson Experience over at vsin If you're out there in Mountain Time, 8 to 11 Mountain Time every single Saturday. They typically have me on quite a few Sundays as well. That'll typically be 8 to 11 as well. That'll vary a little bit more, but I've been doing quite a bit of Sunday work as well. And then I also do a college basketball podcast as well, which it's still running. We're going to be getting into... A lot of conference previews, everything from the big conferences like the Big Ten, the Pac-12, List goes on and on down to the Big Sky, the SWAC, the MIAC. I'm going to be doing one for all 32. And you're able to find that podcast wherever you get this podcast. And then I also do a podcast for baseball every single day called The Baseball Betting Show. That's in the Vsin Best Bets feed. You're able to typically find that where you find the Denver CityCast as well. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all of the platforms. Wonderful. Follow
1: Mr. Peterson. Watch Rise of Grew with Mr. Peterson. Probably can't do that, but thank you so much for the time, my friend.
2: Always appreciate it. Thank you so much, Holden. All
1: right, thanks again to Greg for hopping on. Always good to talk to the young man. I'm sure he's excited about Rise of Grew. Uh, we did talk about that, so we know he's excited about that. Also, um, don't forget the best bets. Uh, you heard Springer. You got mine. We're both on the avalanche tonight. I got Lekkanen on a power play goal or power play point at plus 300, plus at an any time point at minus 110. Thanks to our producer, Steven. Appreciate that. Hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio if you got any questions or comments. Don't forget to leave me a little five-star review. That'd make me so, so happy. Say something nice about the show, and all your hopes and dreams will come true. For Springer, for Steven, my name's Holden Kushner, and thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.